0: Hey, you're listening to The Beyond Podcast with your host, Timmy Riggs, where we go just a little bit beyond the Sunday message. Well, hey guys, welcome back to The Beyond Podcast. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we are, we're we're starting to fine-tune our little studio here, and so that's kind of getting exciting. But today, I'm sitting back down with uh, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris Holcomb, who is one of our executive pastors here at BFC, and uh, one of the pastors that's kind of in the rotation for this podcast. And so, Chris, thanks for jumping on with us again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love the studio. It's looking great. Yeah, thanks, dude. And uh, our team, Alan and, and Tori and and Marsha and Doug and Derek. I mean, the list goes on. People who have just really helped make this room pretty cool. You know, yeah. um, 2020 was a year where it was... Where we, we did a lot of changes a lot of variables and uh trying to steward the best we can with what we have and so yeah. this is one of the outcomes so it's pretty cool and you might notice if you're watching on uh youtube but uh chris as i as you sat down i said hey does this statue look familiar to you and you said yeah it does and i was like yeah well it came out of your office <laughs> yeah, it and it, it serves two points Um, One, this is John Wesley, and this used to be the ordination trophy (laughs) that was given to ordinance each year. Now it's a statue of Jesus, which maybe makes a little bit more sense. Um, But we had ordination here yesterday, so two of our pastors, tell us who got ordained yesterday. Yeah, big day
1: yesterday for a lot lot of our staff. We had uh, Pastor Jake and Pastor Casey uh, get ordained, which is a huge accomplishment. That means... Uh, They've completed their course of study, so they're theologically qualified, and they've also completed uh, their time in ministry and experience, which is a a big step, so not easy to do. We also had uh, several other staff. Um, Pastor Allison White get her district license, uh, so she's a licensed minister. Uh, Brighton Schmidt is also now a licensed minister as well, one of our youth pastors, and then uh, Sam O'Bannon, who works at Two Lakes Community, uh, and several others so it was a good day.
0: Yeah super fun day exciting we, we got to kind of spend some time together afterwards too which was a blast you know. Um, so anyway yeah great day and uh, the second reason we have this uh, it's not a trophy what, what's the word here? It's a, a bust. It's a bust yeah, it's yeah. A, to remind you. A
1: symbol. Yeah John Wesley looks at me when I'm in my office and reminds me to stay Theologically accurate.
0: Yeah. So the second reason we have it down here is this thing weighs 22 pounds, okay? And our table was a little um, not strong enough for these mics. So when I put John Wesley on the table, it creates a strong foundation, which... Man, that'll preach, huh?
1: But I'm surprised your Bible wasn't heavy enough. I mean, I this think thing it, is massive.
0: Yeah, that's my preaching Bible. That's got all of my study notes and stuff in uh-huh. there. I think it would have been heavy enough, but I just wanted to, A, show how spiritual we are. <laughs> yeah. and uh, So anyway, well, cool. Let's jump into it. We concluded um, this series that we've been going through this past weekend and the two weekends before that called blessed but it was like blessed with a question mark right because at the end of the day um there's a whole lot of different thoughts that go around the idea of you know blessed like we see in social media hashtag blessed like that's the thing to do right like summer vacation in bali blessed right um new car blessed new house blessed new puppy blessed and we're like yeah that like, that's true, you know, but is there something more meaningful to the, um, or behind being blessed, right? And so that's what Pastor Rick has done a great job the last three weeks, kind of walking us through. And so the first week, he explained that, yes, there are basic necessity, basic things that, that do lead to us being blessed. Like, you were blessed that you woke up today. right? Blessed that you went and used a, a flushing toilet blessed that you got out of a bed, right? Like so many of those things that we often forget that are huge blessings for us in uh, the Western world, you know, and in a lot of part of the world. What's on your mind?
1: Well, I was just, I was thinking, if you remember when we had that big ice storm just mm-hmm. recently, and, uh, you know, power went out for multiple days, and I just remember thinking in that moment, like how how I've taken for granted electricity. Like, in all seriousness, I mean, just totally taking it for granted. And I remember by, like, day four of not having power, I, I mean, I was literally, you know, saying to people, like, I will never take it for granted again. Like, I will, you know, I will be thankful for electricity every day I wake up from this point forward. It came back on within, like, two days. I was already I was already back to being used
0: to it. Yeah, you are like, why isn't the switch working? Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so true, you know? Um, so, he explains, like, that's, that is those are good things. Those are blessings. But then there's also so much more, you know, relationships, friendships. Um, b- bottom line, the end of the day, we're blessed because our names are written in heaven. If you're a Christ follower, you're blessed because of the relationship with Christ. And, and yeah. we're blessed because of the grace that has given to all humanity in creation, right? So um, there's a, uh, there's prevenient grace. There's prevenient blessings. That's mm-hmm. good. I would, that's, we need to, I need to dive into that explore that. Yeah, because that's, that's a really, that's a good thought. I mean, I guess grace in and of itself is a blessing. So yeah, yeah, so provenient blessing. Um, And so the first week, Pastor Rick was leading us to, so what do we do with all these blessings? Well, it should lead to gratitude. Because a life full of gratitude, uh, science and studies have shown us that, man, you sleep better, you you eat better, you have more energy, um, you're just more aware of what's going on, like more aware of uh, being thankful to hearing the birds chirping and seeing green grass and things like that. And so when we are blessed, it should lead to gratitude. Out of that, week two, we saw that gratitude basically rolls over into joy. So the more grateful I am for everything in my life, man, the more I'm just going to be full of joy. Now that's different from just happiness. Happiness is, uh, as Pastor Rick said, dependent on what our happenings. Right. So our happiness is dependent on our happenings. So it's not bad to be happy. We don't want to, you know, criminalize anyone for being like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm happy." And it's like you're you're terrible, right? Yeah, like, right. no, we're excited that you're happy too. But we don't want to be chasing happiness. We want to chase Jesus, because outside of Jesus, we find joy. So um, that was week two, which led right into week three, the bookend of our series, which ultimately led to, I'm grateful, I'm full of joy, I'm definitely blessed. What does that mean now? Well, how do I respond, right? Yeah. So I have a responsibility for this, and uh, I love, Casey kind of says this a lot, Um response able so responsible like I'm response able to do something mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what we talked about yesterday and uh, before I kind of go on to the passage is there anything you want to add to that just over the last couple of weeks
1: no it's been a
0: you know for me personally
1: uh, not only it's just been a great sermon series for me personally it's been a great uh, perspective sermon series for me. Uh, challenged my perspective, challenged just the way has kind of kicked me out of some of the ruts and places that I've been and has allowed me to try to start switching some of that perspective. Cause, you know, in my life, you know, I've got a four year old and a one year old. I mean, life is very busy. It is very full. Uh, and it's sad, but sometimes even in Hannah and I have had this conversation many times. Like we sometimes are like, man, there are so many things for us to be thankful for, but yet sometimes we're in the daily grind of it, and 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 you would think we're kind of miserable, like you would think we're frustrated and we're we're overrun and we're overwhelmed, and and life is hard, but yet all of the things we're doing are there's so much joy and blessing in it. So this sermon series has been great for us. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of kicked us out of that and given us a great perspective um, shift that we we really needed in our personal life.
0: Yeah, that's really good, Chris. And that kind of, A, makes me feel like when we, when we pound the idea of getting strong practices and strong habits in your life, mm-hmm. that's one thing that I want to make sure that's front and center on my life is the practice of taking a step back and and reflecting, right? So in in my time of prayer and, and meditation and, and reflection on God's Word and what He's done, I also want to make sure that I have time in there to just be thankful. So at the start of this series, um, I think it was on a Monday or something during that time, uh, where I was kind of reading scripture in the morning, I decided I was just going to write out every single thing I was thankful for. I'm just going to go and I'm just going to see. And I literally was like, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this, you know? And so much of it was relationships and, and the people in my life and opportunities and things like that, you know? Um, so I think that the more that we're able to do that, kind of like you said, you can flip that perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that should probably be a daily thing that we strive to do, you know? Um, So anyway, yeah, so yesterday we talked about responsibility. So I'm going to read a passage. It's a little bit longer, but um, it was a passage that Pastor Rick read. It's a really good one. It's an exciting one. There's all types of ways to preach it. Um, He talks about investing, which is fun. That's something I like to talk about, you know, whatever kind of investing. So I'm going to read it. It's Matthew 25, 14 through 30 in the NIV. And it says this again, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to one, one bag, each according to his abilities. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one who took two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. He said, Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have had received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Blessed be the word of the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. So that was our passage from Sunday. And Rick always does a good job of kind of saying like, "Woo, like where do we go from there? You know? Um, So if you see yourself as the first two servants, you're like, yes, like, yes. But if you see yourself as the third one, it can be tough. A little bit of context, so a little bit beyond, you know, and this is obvious, this was in Pastor Rick's notes, so I'm taking it from him, but he, he's not able to share every single thing he finds in his study, right? Mm-hmm. He'd be preaching for hours. So, one of the things that's important to recognize is Jesus is speaking to, you know, uh, a Jewish community, and ultimately, Israel is that third servant. He's ultimately saying, hey, you have been given much you've been given temples synagogues the law all these things and yet you seem not to be doing the will of God right and so that's one perspective to keep in mind when we hear this passage but uh, there's so much more so before I even go on in our notes what what kind of pops in your mind
1: I, I mean there's there's so many things in that passage like you you said earlier, you you can, there's a lot to bring out. You can preach it a million different ways. And, but a couple of things that really stood out to me is um, when he, he says, and, and Rick says it in his message Sunday, the, the entrusted, you entrusted me. And, and I, I think that's a big part of our relationship with God that for some reason we have a hard time getting past is we 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 can't help but see the the flaws and the mistakes and we focus on the places where we don't measure up and the places where we seem to fall short on so many different things we we tend to only see a lot of those things and I don't know if that's because that's what the world reinforces it's our own insecurities that reinforce it or if it's the the, the enemy at work in our life you know the powers and principalities that are constantly at work in our own life. Um, but we tend to see those things before the things in which God sees in us and uh, which is those, the different gifts that he's given us, the things in which he created us, the things in which God loves about us and and wants us to use those gifts uh, for to ultimately pursue his kingdom and pursue love and grace and forgiveness out in the world and all those kinds of things. And so that, the whole idea of the, the people who receive five bags and two bags and even the one bag is that that, that God is entrusting them. God has entrusted us. He trusts us, He believes in us. He, he's gifted us um, to do great things you know in this world. And, and then the other part that sticks out to me is I, I, if I'm reading this story and being totally transparent and honest, uh, I would have to place myself in the one bag, person. I, I just would. Um, there, there's a lot about my life where I do trust God, but there's also a whole lot of areas where I, some fears or some insecurities or some things that might be going on in my own life. I, I tend to, I tend to have more fear or I hold back or I don't use my gifts in the way that that God is is saying hey I've given you this and I want you to I want you to go for it. I want you to use it. There's a lot of areas pastorally that I do use gifts that God has given me for the kingdom, but there's always those areas where I could improve. So, a couple things.
0: So, that's good. So, yeah, so the the real key part about the passage and that's what Pastor Rick let us through you just mentioned it is that a lot of it has to do with our view of God. So, right. our our choice to invest or not to invest has to do with our view of God. One view is that, oh my goodness, you love me so much. You've entrusted me with these gifts, these abilities, these resources, all these things, right? Um, And then there's this other view that you kind of said you can almost uh, relate to. And that is, but I don't, I think you can relate to the holding back. But the view that that servant had was, you are a hard man. So the, the two viewpoints are, man, it's a God who loves me and trusts me. Or uh, you're, you're like a you're like an earthly father who's impossible to please, and so I don't think you're saying that's your view of God. Yet you might have the tendency, or maybe it is. If the tendency is to maybe be like, I don't know if I'm good enough here or whatever. Um, but what do you think? How do you do you think that um, that you maybe have sometimes a view that man God's tough to please? I think certainly
1: when I was growing up, um, I've matured in my faith now at at this point and hopefully have, but I think certainly growing up, I, I very much had, had adopted that view that, that God was kind of a hard man. I mean, that, that's not a hard stretch for me, um, through middle school and high school and, and even into college, you know, the, the idea that, that I could very much so get, on the place that God was a hard man, that I needed to do this, this, and this in order to, in order to please Him, in order for Him to be happy with me, in order to earn the grace uh, that He was giving. I, I have, I have always struggled um, in feeling this deep need to earn the grace, um, do something to deserve that grace. Uh, in some ways. And that will always be a breakdown of faith in Christianity because, right, there's never, we can never do enough to earn that grace. It's just so freely given. That's the beauty of it. That's the, that's the love of it, of, of what Christ has done for us. And so, but yeah, growing up, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I, I've kind of bought into this idea that that I have to be good enough. I have to go to church enough. I have to be in the Bible study. I've got to make sure that I'm at my small group. I've I've got to do all of these things. Pray the sinner's prayer every night. I I mean, (laughs) you're talking to a guy that has been saved at every church camp he's ever been to. I mean I have the pastor at church camp gives the altar call and I'm I'm down there, you know, making sure that I'm, you know, I'm right with the Lord. And uh, and so yeah, I mean, I can I can see that. You know, that, that's definitely been a part of my history. As I've matured in faith, uh, I think one of the most freeing things that I've ever received spiritually is uh, the, the the principle of just sitting back, taking a deep breath, and realizing that God loves me exactly the way that I am. That I truly don't have to do anything more. That yeah. it is it is me... And it is the way in which he's made me. It's the gifts that he's given me. And there's nothing more that I have to do except receive it and be transformed by it.
0: <laughs> oh, you can't tell, but Chris is tearing up. And that's because it is it is true. It's such a, uh, to sit here and try. I think where our heart breaks is when someone is struggling with their faith, or maybe it's totally on this view of like, man, I've given up on God because he is a hard man. He doesn't care about me. He didn't care what's going on in my world, my life. He just wants me to do all these things to please him. We're like, whoa, like, man, that just doesn't seem to be the Jesus that we've encountered, you know? And more than anything, we love to have conversations with people about who Jesus is. And yeah, is there a call to repentance and a life transform? Sure. And, and we believe that that's the better way, you know, and that Jesus and the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and lead us into the life that he has called us to, that he says is far beyond anything we can imagine, uh, full of abundant life. And um, I think that these two views are so important to understand because the view of, man, you've entrusted me, you know, Mm -hmm. is going to lead to a much fuller life, fuller relationships, fuller grace, you know, fuller forgiveness. And so, um, man, I think that's so good. So we kind of talked about it, but let's real quick just a couple minutes about how do you think this affects someone's life? These viewpoints. If you view God as he's entrusted me or he's a hard man, let's dive in how can this affect someone maybe think for a second about people you know don't say any names <laughs> yeah. but how can it affect our lives
1: yeah i think um, i think something that i've that i've grown really passionate about as a pastor and but even more than that just as a christ follower i think i've grown really passionate i've seen and heard the story over and over again that um, you know there's a lot of people say there's a lot of things about uh, Jesus, there's a lot of things about God. There's a lot of things about Scripture and the Church that I find really, really attractive. Um, but and then they'll say, "But I've got to get my life right before I can go and encounter those things. I've got to, I've got to clean up my life. I've got to make a few different decisions. I've got to get out of this relationship, and I've got to, you know, make this change, and I've got to stop going here, and you know, all of these kinds of things. Like, let me get my ducks in a row, and then I'll be able to." Uh, receive that. And, and truly that's, there's nothing that you have to do. You know, there's nothing that you have to do. I mean, God is saying, I want you right where you are. I want you just how you are. Um, And, and truly, I think that plays into this. How do you view God? You know, um, you know, do you view God that he's just up there, you know, floating around on a cloud and he's a really mean guy. And every time you do something wrong, he's hitting you with a lightning bolt, you know, um, do you view God like a vending machine, right? Like I'm gonna go and whatever I need today, I'm gonna pick and choose what I, you know, what I need from God. Um, or do you, or do you view God like this God of abundant grace and love, who just truly has created me uh, for a purpose and loves me just, just, where I am? It is a, it's a huge part of entering into a relationship with God. And it is, I think, for someone that's even been in a relationship with God for a long time. Uh, if you've been a Christian for sixty plus years, uh, I think it's important to evaluate in your own life how have I been viewing God? Has my view of God changed? Has it altered? Has it shifted? Uh, or is it still is it still kind of the same? But yeah, I, I, um, it, it, it breaks me when I have conversations with people who feel like they've got to get their life in a certain order or to a certain point before they can enter a relationship with God because it's, it's just not right. You know, God wants you exactly the way that you are.
0: Yeah, I think that our culture too. So, okay, that is a step of faith to believe because that is a harder way. And let me explain. Our culture has really hung and grabbed and most of human history has done this as well that well you do good you get good right you do bad you get bad Mm -hmm. okay well solomon tells us that it rains on both the just and the unjust that Mm -hmm. hey it you know what i mean like there and good people sometimes have bad things happen bad people have sometimes have good things happen so there's this piece where really the the, the karma, the, if I do this, I'm going to get good. Right. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not that simple, right. Especially when it comes to our relationship with God. Now someone could be like, wait, 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 this whole passage is about you doing good and getting good. No, no, no. this passage is about you investing the gifts that you've been given, right. The blessings that you've been given, you're turning around and, and sharing. Right. And, um, and so I think that one of the reasons that it's hard to make that jump is because, Well, it's a lot easier to just think, well, if I hold the door open for someone, someone else might pay for my meal, you know, like instead of just being like, man, I'm just going to I'm just going to trust that God loves me so much. And that, yes, he loves me so much that he's not going to keep me this way, but it's just going to be day in, day out process. Right. And uh, it's a little bit harder. And that's where we're going to say it's a step of faith. And then we're always going to add. That's why we want you plugged into the community, talking about this, sharing what you're going through, right? That's why we want, we want you jumping into practices, reading God's word, having time uh, of prayerful moments with God, right? So many different things. Practicing generosity. Like, we want to start living into this, um, even if we're like, I'm still struggling with some of the thoughts about it. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah. I think of this passage also, and I liked the direction where Rick where Rick took it um, because you can. You can talk about gifts. You can talk about resources. You can talk about time. You can talk about, um, you know, all those kinds of things. There's lots of different ways to take this passage. But I think, I think an important one is to talk about money in it specifically. And for people who are faithfully following Christ, I think money is a, a big part of it. Um, you know, for Hannah and I, we're, we're no different than any other couple and any other marriage, any other family, uh, that works and every day's got bills and you're trying to make it work and you're trying to, you know, figure out life and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, for Hannah and I, the journey of giving generously financially has, it's exactly what I said. It's been a journey. You know, it has been a journey. There are so many times where you're getting to that point in the month where it's like, man, it's it's time to it's it's time to pay tithe. it's time to give back you know to God. It's time to recognize that we've been blessed and to go ahead and continue to be a blessing by supporting the work of the church. And and I, I would be lying if there's not times where I'm going, how are we going to make this work? How is this going to happen? I mean I I I don't know. It, it then it begins to get easy to look at friends of mine who on the outside seem to be moving and doing things and they're getting the bigger house and they're buying a boat or they're getting a four wheeler or they're going on a vacation or They're going on and it begins easy. And you know that, that this tithing, this kind of generosity, they're not plugged into community as much. And they seem to be advancing in these other material ways. And, and you can quickly get, begin to get trapped in this sense of, uh, of a false blessing right um, and I say this all the time uh, to people and and that um, living in community and being a part of the church can sometimes be expensive <laughs> yeah so just for example in the last couple of months I mean we've had multiple baby showers we've had uh, different parties we've had um, you know birthdays and all kinds of these things of people that we're in community with and it has it has been expensive you know uh, and but the undercurrent of blessing and joy that comes out of being generous, like hosting a baby shower or giving a gift or taking a meal uh, when a when a baby's been born—I mean, all of those things—the undercurrent of those blessings is far outweighs far outweighs any kind of monetary value, you know. And and I think that kind of gets into this this passage, and and then also going back to the tithing thing, um, when, when you do make that sacrifice and it feels like, man, I don't know how we're going to make it this month, but, but I know I'm going to give and I'm going to trust, you know, I'm going to trust God. Um, and it's, it's pretty amazing how, how God tends, tends to work it out.
0: Yeah, man. And you're just so like the blessing of relationships and we've been talking about it so much, but just in our our group, our friendship, you know the um, so many uh, of the gurus out there. Some of the guys we both follow, right? Kind of, really. Uh, preach pretty solid messages um, whether they're a christian or not but it's just they uh kind of say like hey true happiness comes from strong friendships relationships not money things like that mm-hmm. and um one of the things that this sticks out to me and i've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast is it just shows me these guys who have 8 10 20 million followers it shows me how hungry people are for ultimately the gospel but then even the outflowing blessings that come from living a gospel life and yet we're like man that's just another thing like realizing wow i don't want to take this for granted like what god has given me and uh, i think it just it's it is amazing when you step back and see wow like when i'm faithful with the little. I mean, just like the passage said, in all areas, my money, my friendships, everything, um, I I do. I feel like my world gets bigger, and that's um, in Proverbs. You know, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and it's just like, <laughs> I, want, I want a bigger world. It's fun. You know, yeah. I think we were just talking about it beforehand. Pastor Lewis, he's got a big world. He's maybe lived in Bethany for a long time in a small town, but he's got a big world and uh, the amount of people that have been impacted by him, or even Pastor Harlan, too, as he uh, kind of sent his farewell service yesterday. But last thing, we'll get close to wrapping it up here. Um, connected to this is First Peter 4.10, and it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We've gotten close to touching on it, but um, one of the things I want to add, and we can talk about it here in a second, is looking at these two passages, uh, I, I just see an incredible amount of freedom that we have, that, that God is entrusting us, he's given us gifts, and now we're to do something with them, right? Like, that is not, like, law, obey, blah, blah, blah. Like, that is, hey, that, this, look at this, look at this, look yeah. at everything I've given you, you know? What do you think makes it so hard today for us to live into that freedom. And what habits in our culture do you think make this hard? Um, I, I
1: think, I think we feel, I think a lot of people feel pretty boxed in. So, and what, what I mean by that is, um, we recognize that Christ um, and a relationship with Christ ultimately brings about freedom, but we we live in a culture that, because of the places we spend our money and our time, and um, you know, when you when you when you have bills, when you have an apartment, when you have rent, when you have vehicles, and you've got school debt and you're raising a family and there's expenses and all that like all of a sudden you're beginning to put parameters and so next thing you know you find yourself pretty boxed in and 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 you don't realize that it doesn't feel so free right it feels like i don't have a lot of wiggle room on either side i've got to i've got to keep working this job because i've got to be able to pay the bills even though i'm not necessarily happy or even though it takes up a lot of my time i'm not necessarily free. And there's a lot of different examples of, of, of the way that that, that can go. But, but ultimately Christ desires for us to live free lives. I mean, ultimately Christ desires for us to feel the freedom to actually experience real joy and real blessing and, and real grace and real authentic relationships, you know? Um, but I think that's, I, I don't know. I think that's that's a struggle that, that I'm constantly still trying to work out, still trying to navigate, still trying to, to work through.
0: Yeah, I say it all the time, and I'll say it till I die. Paul reminds us that the king's reign, the kingdom of God, is about righteousness, peace, and joy. The first one, free gift, righteousness. Only received through Christ what he's done in his life, ministry, death, resurrection, ascension, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The other two, peace and joy, strictly emotional states that are outpourings of this righteousness that we're given for free. I think when we allow all the distractions, which that's a good segue because our new series coming up is distractions, to keep us from that, we are then living that boxed-in life of now more than ever, before Keeping up with the Joneses, you actually had to see the Joneses in real life, okay? You had to drive by their house, or you had to see them pull up in their new car, you know, whatever. Now, you got it right here, and there's four billion Joneses that you see, and they're showing you highlight yeah. reels, they're making their skin look better, just the perfect angles of the picture. Yeah. They're showing you all their t- coolest new toys. And, and a part of it, I don't think a lot of people do it out of bad intent. Sometimes people are like... Check out my new jet ski. It's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, like maybe they'll invite me to hang out on it. But like there's a lot of other times where you can see and you're like, they got a jet ski. I don't want a jet ski. You know, like so many things that begin to make us lose sight of the free gift of righteousness, peace and joy. And we're only focusing on what we don't have, the comparison game, all that that's prevalent to me, especially as a college pastor, um, but really, again, I don't think it, I think now um, it, there's no generation safe, um, and it might come in different ways. It might not be comparison of wishing something that you ha- that someone else has that you have, but it might just be in fear of what's coming up next or whatever. And so um, I think so much of it needs to be, and that's what I'm excited about the Distraction Series, is... We got to step out. We have got to eliminate things in our life that aren't moving us closer to what the King's reign is all about. And uh, I think that's so important when it comes to recognizing our blessings, living full of gratitude, experiencing joy, and then returning that with, hey, I've got a responsibility now. And uh, so I just think that stepping into that freedom, realizing what we have to do um, and what we get to do, honored to do, Does need to take time each week, each day, if possible, of saying, let me eliminate some things, you know, that I don't need in my life. Um, The thing I loved about Jesus and also don't love because it's not inherent to my personality is Jesus was never in a hurry. It seems to be. He was never in a hurry. That he just. Hey, I got this next thing. I'm going to go to. If someone steps in front of me, talks to me, I'll talk to them. Whatever, right? Like, and uh, what a what a pace we've heard one pastor say that the pace of grace. And so that's a really cool kind of concept of of living a type of life. And I think what that can do is help eliminate some of the distractions, help me focus on what I get to do in part of this mission. And um, I don't know. I just think then we begin to realize, man, I'm I'm blessed. Yeah. So blessed.
1: Yeah. I've got a really good pastor friend right now. He's been in ministry for years and they're in a transition and he's working. He's he's working at another job uh, here in Oklahoma City and went to lunch with him and just talking to him about his call and and recognizing that that he feels a call to still be in ministry and in the church and in pastoral ministry. But in this season, in this season, he is finding a lot of different ways in which in ways in which God is blessing him so he's not even necessarily in the vocation that he feels like he should be in but because of his perspective because of his relationship with God because of the way God's been moving him over time he's able to clearly see his role and how God wants to use him right where he's at in this season of transition in time in his work life in his professional life uh, and so he is finding value and blessing in so many other ways than what his job is. And I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at with, with the, the freedom. And we sometimes feel boxed in, like we can't really move. But yet, again, switching that perspective from, okay, this may not be the job that I always want to do for the rest of my life, or this may not be the situation that I'm going to be in for the rest of my life, for the season that I'm going to be in. But to switch that perspective and say, but I am still so blessed because of what Christ has done for me, because of the Spirit of God which lives in me, uh, and everywhere that I go, God is with me. Um, and so, where are the places that we can find real value and real joy? Because it's not in those monetary things. We're—it's we're, the upside-down kingdom. We're so backwards on that culturally. We. We are just convinced that we're going to find happiness and joy in the monetary things. But if you make the list, like you talked about, I guarantee you there were very few monetary things on there. Maybe your home was on there, but really that's just a place of shelter, you know, and a safe spot. I mean... What you're really thankful for there is not necessarily your house, because it could be any type of. Yeah, if my building. relationship
0: was terrible in that house, the house is going to bring me no joy. Exactly, it's going to probably be a place of reminder of, great, my relationships are terrible.
1: Yeah, you know. So it's like the things that really bring us joy are people, relationships, love, grace, uh, thoughtfulness, kindness. I mean, all those kinds
0: of things. All great the, experiences, yeah. All the things Jesus is it's so good and it comes down to and maybe this is the this is it this is sticky note it this is tweetable uh paul said it first um be transformed by the renewal of your mind don't conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and we need to do it every single day and i'll close with this not only is this have to do in this passage and all these things have to do with our view on god it also has to do on how we view ourselves now we should view ourselves in the lens of how God views us. Loved, you know, accepted, forgiven, entrusted. Um, But if we're viewing ourselves as worthless, meaningless, not loved, um, we're not going to act in ways that God has given us opportunities to act. So a lot of this has to do even with how we view ourselves and we get there by being transformed by the renewal of our mind. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for jumping on, man. This is yep. fun. And uh, I think this is good. I hope this was encouraging. So um, thanks for being here with us and on the Beyond Podcast. Always if you missed anything from the last few weeks, you can check it out on Bethany Naz YouTube channel where we have our services that we post. Uh, and then of course on Facebook and Instagram, we're putting on positive content throughout the week, uh, as we upload each podcast as well. Thank you guys. we love you. And we'll talk to you soon.